As we continue to move forward with increasing advancements in automated applications, it's important to keep the focus on safety. While we might like to think that the driver becomes less important as vehicles become more automated, that may not always be the case. Until we get to level 5 automated applications, there will always be a need for a driver. As long as there is a human behind the wheel or sharing the road, there will be a need to consider safety and the risk to human life as the new applications become more prevalent on our roadways. Welcome to Truck Talk with Bendix, a regular podcast series from Bendix designed to help you better understand key topics in the commercial trucking industry. I'm your host, Denise Rondini. I'm here with Fred Andersky, Director of Customer Solutions Controls at Bendix, who will offer some safety considerations for future autonomy, starting with platooning. Fred, as always, it's good having you here. Good to be with you on Truck Talk, Denise. Platooning is one of the first applications that moves us into the next generation of automated systems and is, in essence, controlled drafting, similar to what we see in NASCAR, but with tractor trailers. Talk about platooning and how it fits into the move toward an autonomous future for trucking. When we talk about platooning, as you mentioned, this is really one of the first applications that's integrating automated control of two vehicles, kind of coordinated adaptive cruise control, if you will. And this utilizes DSRC, or dedicated short-range communications, to control the longitudinal aspects of the vehicle, in other words, the acceleration and braking, while the driver still maintains lateral control or maintains steering. And initially, like the auto automated levels we've talked about in the past, platooning will start at levels and move up through the different hierarchy. And what we're really talking about in terms of platooning coming out is kind of what we call a level one platooning. And what that means is you've got two trucks with two drivers following in close proximity to each other and attempting to get a benefit of fuel economy. So really how it works is really kind of neat. The trucks are monitored or connected with an operation center. And when those conditions are right for platooning, which kind of typically means it's a sunny day and the, the roads are dry, the trucks can link together. Oh, and by the way, you're typically on an interstate highway, not some country road or in the city. But the trucks can link together and and the system brings them into close proximity, typically about 12 meters or 39 to 40 foot, and they follow close together along the road. So as you mentioned, controlled drafting. The good news is, is that the rear driver isn't always just looking at the back of the front truck. They also have a monitor in there that lets them see what's happening ahead of the forward vehicle. So it's kind of a neat concept, and it's been experimented with for a number of years, but we're really getting close to seeing it become commercial. Typically, discussions around platooning focus on the fuel economy gains, but safety can be an additional benefit. But let's start the discussion by focusing on some of the safety concerns with platooning. Good point, Denise. And the fuel economy, you know, you can't discount it. I mean, front truck can get upwards of an additional 4 to 5%, rear truck as high as 10%, and so about an average of 6 to 7% for the combination. So that's a pretty good incentive when you really look at the top costs for fleets and fuel being one of the top three. But safety is an important consideration because guess what? We're asking drivers to do something that we've spent the last 50 years telling them not to do. 
and that's to follow close behind the forward vehicle. So when we talk about safety, one of the major concerns that comes up, of course, is that close following distance. What happens if the front truck gets into an emergency situation? Do we have enough braking power or conditions right that we avoid the rear truck slamming into the front truck? And so that 12 meters can disappear really quick in an emergency situation. And we call these things that take away that spacing really quickly, we call these gap consumers. And these include things like communications lag. I mean, even though the DSRC communicates with the rear truck almost immediately, and Denise, I've actually had the opportunity to drive platooning, so I can tell you when those rear brake lights come on on the forward vehicle, even before I can reach my pedal to the brake, the brakes on my truck are coming on. But there is still a little bit of time, and that can take uh, two or three meters away in a condition. Plus, vehicles vary. NHTSA and Bendix have done testing where we run the same vehicle during the same conditions and do the same type of braking, and we find differences from five to eight meters in terms of differences in braking. Throw in things like road conditions, hey, if the road's slick and load variation, even though the trucks may weigh the same, the loads could be spaced differently on the trailers, and you can create situations that can remove that gap relatively quickly. Fred, how are these concerns being addressed? Well, first of all, drivers are still key, especially in this level one platooning. And so it becomes important that the driver, and you'll remember I mentioned the driver in the back truck actually has a monitor that lets them see what's going on in front of the front truck. If that rear driver sees things aren't uh, quite the way they like them, conditions are changing, maybe traffic's increasing, maybe they see flashing lights from a police car or an ambulance or a fire engine ahead that might indicate there's a problem coming up, they can dissolve that platoon relatively quickly and get back to a non-platooning, safer following distance. Also, too, the technology is working extremely well in terms of being able to get that information moved between the vehicles relatively quickly. So the forward driver then also has some level of responsibility in making sure, because he is in communication with the driver in the rear, that they know what's going on in front of them. Also, too, pre-trip inspections become really important because, you know, obviously tires and brakes need to be in good shape should the system need to call on them. And then, of course, the connectivity between the vehicles, helping to improve, boost that communication is important. And last there always has to be some type of backup or fail-safe system. So should things change, a collision mitigation technology, for example, might take over to also help mitigate a potential rear-end collision. Let's shift gears and move to fully autonomous trucks. Fred, how will we know when we're at level 5 automation? That's a great question, Denise, and I think everybody is trying to figure that one out. But really, when you get down to it, and and again, you mentioned level five, so let's really define level five here. And level five is truly driverless. That means in all conditions, in all situations, snow, sleet, rain, sunshine, all types of roads, freeways, highways, city streets, the system can drive by itself. And so when you think about it, really when it comes down to it, these levels we have kind of create an issue because right now there is nothing that is truly driverless 
truly something where there's not going to be a driver in the driver's seat. And so in my mind, only two levels actually exist, driver needed and truly driverless. So today, everything is still driver needed. While driverless systems might exist in some closed environments like mining and rail and other areas, public roads with trucks and cars, there is really nothing driverless out there. So what we really need is a test to be able to validate when is a system ready for driverless. And that really gets to something that we've talked about internally, what we call the test. And basically the test lays out some basic parameters, starting with the vehicle has to be able to go from Bangor, Maine to Los Angeles, California on its own in February so when the weather's bad, when things are not the nice sunny day, it can be snowing, it can be icy, has to be able to go there on its own, has to figure out its route, has to be able to let folks know if there's a problem that it needs repair or it needs fuel, but it basically has to go from Bangor to LA, and then quite frankly, to make it fun, have them come back again during the toughest conditions that can be out there and be able to execute it itself. And so there's some of the basic parameters that we have around an idea of a test. And there's others that you can take a look at at a blog we have on KnowledgeDoc to get some more details. But that would, in my mind, tell me that, well, I guess we're really at driverless when that truck can make it that route. And quite frankly, do it better than a human team driver can do. So who benefits from automated driving? And what are the benefits for fleets, drivers, and society as a whole? When we talk about who benefits from the advances in automation, it really involves three groups. It involves the fleet, it involves the driver, and it involves society. And let's talk about the driver impact first, because these technologies do create concerns for drivers that they may be out of a job sooner rather than later. And really, until we get to that level five driverless, until we pass that test we've talked about, drivers are still going to be involved. And the good news from the driver's standpoint is, first of all, these systems are going to help them drive more safely. And they're going to be able to provide an extra set of eyes and ears on the road to be able to give the driver more opportunities to avoid more situations. Second, driver productivity becomes important because now drivers may be able to take a break or do some other work while that vehicle is going by itself down the roadway out in the country on, say, I-80 or something through Montana. They can do some other work. Third, driver wellness comes into play because it helps ensure that the driver isn't going to be overly stressed. And lastly, it can help the driver actually grow in terms of their experience and in terms of their performance. For the fleet, fuel costs, safety, hours of service, vehicle uptime, and even driver retention can be some of the benefits of more automation. What driver doesn't want to work in the safest work environment they can have? And then lastly, society, emissions reductions because we're getting more efficient use out of our vehicles, accident mitigation because obviously we're able to, with these systems, the goal is to hopefully be able to reduce crashes out on the road and we still have too many of those happening. And then and overall, helping improve road safety for everybody that's using the highway. So advanced automation is coming. It's something we shouldn't be afraid of. It's something we should embrace because there's lots of benefits to go around. 
I've been speaking with Fred Andersky, Director, Customer Solutions Controls at Bendix. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play and discover how Bendix solutions can help you improve performance, increase safety, and lower your total cost of ownership. You can also log on to knowledge-doc.com. That's knowledge-doc.com, where you can learn more about Bendix products and hear previous episodes of this podcast. I'm Denise Rondini, and thank you for joining us for Truck Talk with Bendix. Bendix.